أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد Today we'll read from the Tazkirah Mashaykh Chisht about the Sayyid of the Tabi'een or from one of those who have been called the Sayyid of the Tabi'een one of those that some of the ulama say occupies the prime position amongst the tabi'een, Sayyidina al-Hasan al-Basri radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa rahimahullah tabaraku wa ta'ala. His name appears prominently in the silsila of uh, almost every tariqah of tasawwuf that's extant. And uh, he is a very important person, uh, almost universally celebrated figure within the uh, tradition of the Ahl sunnah wal-Jama'ah. And he's a very important person in the in the, in the the, the intellectual history and the spiritual history of Islam. His blessed name was Hassan and his nickname was Abu Sa'id. Other two kuna or honorific titles that were attributed to him are Abu Muhammad and Abu Nasr. His father's name was Yasar, who was the freed slave of Sayyidina Zayd bin Thabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu. His mother's name was Khaira, who was the, free, the slave girl of Sayyidina uh, um Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha, the noble wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. His father had embraced Islam in 12 hijra at the hands of uh, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So you'll see right off the bat that uh, he has uh, familial links to uh, to the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum and to the household of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Despite being a tabi'i, that his mother was the was the slave of Ummul Mu'minin, uh, uh, Ummul Mu'minin Umm Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha. And uh, his father was the, the, the freed slave of Zayd bin Thabit radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was the personal secretary of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the one who compiled the Mus'haf uh, and is responsible for overseeing its compilation. Uh, and his father accepted Islam at the hands of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So very soon after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam passes from the world. So he is like a family member of the household of Nubuwa uh, 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 himself, because amongst the Arabs, um, if a slave is freed, uh, that person becomes like a relative of the house. Uh, and even in our sacred sharia, that person becomes an heir and an inheritor uh, from the mirath or the 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 estate of uh, of a man when he's deceased, the freed slave inherits from the from the the one who emancipated him, and the one who emancipated also inherits from the freed slave. Sayyidina Al Hasan, rahimahullah taala, was born in Medina Munawwara during the Khilafah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu taala anhu, two years before Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu passed from this world. When he was born, he was taken to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu taala anhu, who gave him his tahnik. Tahnique is, for those who, who don't know, it's a sunnah when a baby is born, that one of the elders or the mashayikh, they, they, they uh, chew on a date, and the little kind of soft paste, chewed date paste, they rub it on the lips of the baby, and the baby kind of licks it up, so that the first thing that the baby tastes in this world is sweet. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa used to do that. So imagine this is the, this is the baby whose tahnik was done by Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He instructed, name him Hassan because his face is so beautiful. Sayyidina Umm Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha played a prominent role in his upbringing and moral training. According to Sayyidina Abu uh, Zara, 
at the age of 14, Sayyidina Hassan uh, became the, uh, the the disciple of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And thereafter, Sayyidina Hassan radiallahu ta'ala anhu migrated with him to Kufa and Basra. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, because of political turmoil, um, saw it fit to move the capital uh, temporarily uh, of the state to Kufa uh, as a forward command post. And so Sayyidina Hassan al-Basri radiallahu ta'ala anhu, uh, moves with him. Sayyidina al-Hassan had three sons, Ali, Muhammad, and Sa'id. Sayyidina Hassan was uh, uh, an embodiment of all lofty attributes which are necessary for a wali kamil, a, 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 a perfect friend of Allah ta'ala. A very large segment of the ummah has always glowingly praised him. Amongst his contemporaries, he was incomparable. Hajjaj bin uh, Irtat says that when he was a- when he asked Ata bin Abi Rabah concerning Hassan al-Basri, he re- replied, Ata is one of the great muhaddithin. He says, cling to him strongly, he's a great imam who is followed by the ummah. Hamad bin Salama, who is also a, a very famous one of the muhaddithin, uh, whose hadith come in the Siha Sitta, we have seen many fuqaha, but we have not seen anyone with such high moral culture as Hassan al-Basri. And remember, this is from the era of the tabi'een that this is being said. Sayyidina A'mash, rahimahullah ta'ala, who was a great, also a great uh, uh, muhaddith and a companion of Sayyidina Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah ta'ala said, Hassan al-Basri always accumulated wisdom, then disseminated. Sayyidina Muhammad al-Baqir, the great, great grandson of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who we talked about yesterday when we talked about the imams of Tasawwuf from the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Sayyidina Hassan al-Basri's speech resembles the speech of the Anbiya. So imagine that the one who is Muhammad Baqir, the son of Ali Zain al-Abidin, the son of Al-Husayn, the son of Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, uh, when he says this about somebody, uh, and he himself is from the household of Nubuwa, this is a very, uh, uh, this is a very high praise that's not given out cheaply. He remained perpetually in the state of wudu. One night his sleep was disturbed more than 70 times. Each time he awoke, he performed wudu and two raka'ahs of salat. In taqwa, he was unique. In this regard, he would frequently say, taqwa is the basis of deen. Desire and greed destroy this basis. Taqwa or fearing God is the basis of deen. Desire and greed destroy this basis. May Allah Ta'ala be our protection from them. His relationship with the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was one of burning love and devotion. He went to extremes in following the Sunnah and instructing others to follow the Sunnah. Khauf or fear of the divine was excessive in him. Frequently, this fear would reduce him to tears because he feared that Allah Most High may rebuff him on account of a sin that he had committed and reject his acts of worship. Once he accompanied a funeral prayer to the graveyard. After the burial, he stood along the graveside, shedding tears in abundance. Then he said. People beware. The end of the world and the beginning of the hereafter is in the grave. The hadith says that the grave is the first stations, one of the first, the first of the stations of the akhirah. Why love such a world, the end of which is the grave? Why do you not fear the day of judgment, the inception of which is the grave? The moving eloquence of his sincere advices reduced the gatherings to tears. He said that when a person dies and the inmates of the house begin to cry, then the angel of death standing in the doorway says, I did not consume his provisions. He has completed his own provisions. I have not decreased his age one bit. Remember, I have to repeatedly visit this house. Sayyidina al-Hassan then said, I swear by Allah, if the folk of the house could see the angel at this time and hear him, they would forget about the dead person and worry about themselves. 
Humility was overwhelming in him. He always regarded himself to be the most contemptible person. And we mentioned that also, you remember, we mentioned that from before in uh, reading the tabaqa uh, of Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq, the son of Muhammad Baqir, from the Imams of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet ﷺ in Tasawwuf, that the person being uh, uh, beholden to his own faults is a sign of uh, Allah Ta'ala's wilayah and sainthood, and a sign of a perfect uh, state with Allah Ta'ala. That, that's why when a person, even after committing a sin, when a person is uh, weeping about that sin, don't uh, don't look down on that person or think badly of them. It's possible that in that state, in that instant of being beholden of their own faults, that person reaches a maqam with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they sustain it, they sustain it. And if they don't, that's their own fault. But it's a very high maqam with Allah ta'ala. Humility was overwhelming in him. He always regarded himself to be the most contemptible person. Once when someone asked him, Hassan, are you or the dog better? He responded, if I'm saved from Allah's punishment, I'm better than the dog. But if I'm apprehended by, apprehended by Allah's punishment, the dog is a thousand times better than me. At times when seeing a dog, he would supplicate, Oh Allah, accept me through the medium of this dog. Meaning what? He would see the creation of Allah Ta'ala and fear that the dog would have a better end than him. And he'd say, Ya Allah, from the barakah of this creation of yours, if nothing else, then, 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 then answer my prayer. Uh, uh, this is a, an extreme state of humility. And this is the state of the awliya of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. It's said that the, the Shaykh, uh, 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 Sayyid Ahmad Rifa'i, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he, this was his state of perpetual humility. He said that in the gathering of thousands of his disciples, he would s- swear an oath, By Allah, may I be on the day of judgment gathered with Fir'aun and with Haman, if there's any person in this gathering that uh, I think that I'm better than that person. Uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a very scary oath to take. And, uh, you know, if someone, if someone uh, you know, Nowadays said it, we would all think he's a charlatan. But the thing is, when you see a person's entire life is dedicated to the deen uh, 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 and dedicated to ibadah uh, in such a way that you see uh, nobody like them, when they say stuff like that, then you have to take pause and you have to take it seriously. According to Sayyidina Hassan, the omission of tahajjud salat is because of sin committed. Allah forgive us because then we're committing a lot of sins. According to Sayyidina Hassan, uh, al-Basri uh, skipping the tahajjud prayer, the night prayer is because of sins committed. He therefore advised observance of muhasaba before going to bed, that a person should take account for their deeds uh, of their day before going to bed and repentance for any sin committed during the day to ensure the acquisition of the night prayer. Uh, the translator uh, adds, Muhasaba means to take stock of oneself. This exercise entails thinking about the day's acts and utterances. For every good act recalled, to be grateful to Allah Most High, and for every sinful or futile deed committed, to regret and repent. When a man who regularly performs tahajjud misses his salat, that omission after deep reflection can be traceful, traceable to some sinful deed. And this is a, this is a uh, precept of tasawwuf. A, that, uh, 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 that a person will miss good deeds because of other sins. And a person will commit bigger sins because of other sins that they committed. The punishment is that they do more sins. And so the act of muhasaba 
uh, is a, a, a an act which is a, a Sufic uh, exercise in protecting oneself from uh, uh, being stung from one's mistakes. If you can be quick to repent for your sins, then you will uh, save yourself from being stung by the evil uh, uh, the evil effect of them again and again. Uh, uh, in relation to the sulaha or the or, or the righteous ones, even futility and idle talk are tantamount to sins which produce a spiritual darkness in a person. Um, and and this is this is a, 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 a an understanding based on the sunnah. It's a, the masnoon khutbah of Jumu'ah that's narrated by Sayyidina Abdul Abdullah ibn Mas'udin radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma anhu afwan uh, is that the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "A'udhu billahi min." Uh, uh, that we seek refuge in Allah from the evils of our own souls and from the uh, 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 from the bad deeds that we committed. The idea that if we commit bad deeds, the the wabal and the destruction of them will be visited over us again and again. The quicker a person can repent, the more protected they will be from their own sins. And this muhasaba is 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 a very practical way of protecting oneself from them. And this is a, a practice that. That, that's transmitted through tasawwuf. Tahajjud is difficult for a person who indulges in transgressions. Allah Ta'ala forgive us, Allah Ta'ala forgive us and protect us. Allah Most High has bestowed to him a wonderful ability in lecturing. His lectures were most eloquent. He would deliver a righteous exhortation once every week. A very large number of people, laymen and awliya, and Allah's friends, we used to attend his discourses. However, if uh, uh, Sayyidah uh, Rabi'ah al-Adawiyah uh, uh, of, Basri, uh, of Basra was not present, he would not deliver his discourse when asked and say that uh, Rabi Adawiyah is another waliya, great waliya of Allah Ta'ala from the people of Basra uh, and her uh, tabaqa, maybe inshallah we can have a, 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 an opportunity to uh, read it from the Kashul Mahjub inshallah. Uh, when asked to explain the reason for this, he said, the drink which fills the water trough of elephants cannot be poured for ants. Meaning what? That his wa'ad, his, his, his exhortation, it had content in it that was meant for those who could consume it. And if she wasn't there, there was nobody uh, that would, would be able to con- con- consume that content. It was overwhelming. It was too much for them. It was like wasted on them. Once when Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu visited Basra, he attended one of Sayyidina Hassan's discourses radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu asked him, Are you an alim, Hassan, or a, or, or a seeker of knowledge? Sayyidina Ali once visited Basra and he attended one of Hassan al-Basri's discourses. Uh, Sayyidina Ali asked Hassan, are you an alim or a, 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 a seeker of knowledge? Uh, Al-Hassan responded, I'm neither. However, I deliver to others whatever has reached me from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu then said, this young man is qualified to deliver, uh, 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 to deliver lectures and to deliver exhortation. So saying, Sayyidina Ali departed and banned all other incompetent lecturers from lecturing. Uh, the muhaddithin may have some uh, 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 objection to this uh, narration, but that notwithstanding, it is the uh, acceptance of the, uh, the the people of Tasawwuf that uh, uh, the ijazah of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu resides with uh, Sayyidina al-Hasan radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Uh, it's well known that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu used to be very sensitive about who he would uh, allow 
to speak about deen. Uh, Qurtubi rahimullah ta'ala narrates in his uh, tafsir of the ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, مَا نَنْسَخْ مِنْ آيَةٍ نُنْسِهَا نَاتِ بِخَيْرٍ مِنْهَا أُمِثْلِهَا That once Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu entered a masjid and he heard somebody uh, 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 lecturing, basically sermonizing. And so he was annoyed with the way this person was sermonizing, so he cut him off in the middle and he asked him, do you know uh, the, the, the ayat of the Qur'an that are ab- that abrogate and the ones that are abrogated? And the person uh, responded, no. Do you know the nasikh and mansukh of the Qur'an? He said, no. He said, if you don't know the nasikh and mansukh of the Qur'an, get, get out of the masjid and never lecture here again. Uh, unfortunately, now most of the people that they give the uh, member of Rasulullah wasallam to, the pulpit of the Prophet wasallam to in the masajid, are people forget about knowing what nasikh and mansukh ayat there are in the Qur'an. They don't even know what nasikh and mansukh mean. Uh, and mashallah, they're giving the pulpit to engineers, and they're giving the pulpit to doctors, and they're giving pulpit to people who don't know a lick of Arabic, and they're giving it to MSA students, and they're giving it to... Uh, all sorts of, mashallah, people who get up on the member of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and uh, uh, you know deliver some sort of like khutbah that's akin to a PowerPoint corporate PowerPoint presentation or some sort of messed up like uh, fundamentalist TED talk, and uh, it's toxic. It's toxic intellectually uh, because it's not right. It's tainted. It's not pure. And it's, uh, uh, it's toxic spiritually as well because the maqam of, of preaching is reserved for those people who are the ulama amilun, the people of knowledge and the people who act on their knowledge. And uh, many people will, you know, spring up and say, well, Sheikh, but, uh, you know, we don't have anyone to give khutbah in our locality. The, uh, um, the, the, Hospital, if it doesn't have a doctor, the solution is not to hand a scalpel to the janitor. The solution is to go bring a doctor from somewhere. The solution is to send some kid to medical school. Uh, uh, and so that's why, uh, you know, I lament the fact that we live in the age and we make sabr and ask Allah Ta'ala for his reward for uh, having to be patient with this. And he chooses everything for us in a hikmah that's not known to us, so we cannot complain. But we seek reward from Allah Ta'ala with having to be patient about the age that our forefathers used to go and learn ilm. And they would put the most learned amongst them as an intercessor between them and Allah Ta'ala to lead the prayer and to give the khutbah. And now uh, we put in Competent people uh, between us and between Allah Taala uh, to lead the prayer. We pick singers, uh, pop singers, and operatic performers, and we uh, pick entertainers and uh, 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 random unlearned people to give our khutbat. Uh, and we, instead of uh, seeking knowledge, now we attend khutbah workshops. And may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, uh, be our protection, and may He forgive us and forgive the Ummah Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and give the tawfiq uh, to us that we should do something better. Uh, once again, once it was reported to Sayyidina Hassan al-Basri that in the city was a man who loved to live in solitude. One day Sayyidina Hassan visited him and inquired, you appear to love solitude, why do you not meet the people? He replied, the duty in which I'm occupied does not permit me to meet the people. Sayyidina al-Hassan said, in this place resides Hassan Basri, you should frequent him. The man was unaware that it was Hassan who was speaking to him. The man said, the duty which keeps me away from others also restrains me from visiting Hassan al-Basri. Uh, Sayyidina al-Hassan said, 
What is your duty? The man said, when I contemplate, I see Allah's bounties and my sins. I am thus occupied in rendering thankful, thankfulness for the bounties and repenting for my sins. Sayyidina al-Hassan al-Basri then replied, you are more intelligent than Hassan al-Basri. It suffices that you should remain occupied in your duty. Once when Sayyidina al-Hassan al-Basri saw a youth indulging in laughter, he said, have you already crossed the sirat, i.e. the bridge over the hellfire in the day of judgment? The youth said, no. Al-Hasan said, Do you know whether you're going to enter Jannah or Jahannam? The youth said, No. The youth said, Sayyidina Al-Hasan asked him, Then why this laughter? The narrator said the youth was never again seen laughing. Such was the electrifying effect of Hassan al-Basri's uh, sincere advice to people. Some sayings of Al-Hasan al-Basri, Rahimahullah. A man will be released after a thousand years in the hellfire. How wonderful if I could be that person. Meaning, at least this man's salvation is assured, hence uh, Hassan's yearning for that, tra- for that salvation. He said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, when Allah Ta'ala intends to do good by his slave, he prevents him from engrossment with his family. Uh, meaning, not, not uh, rendering the family's rights, but that a person is so obsessed with that family that it, it, it obstructs them from fulfilling their religious duties or from uh, giving Allah and his messenger and the deen their due reverence. When Allah intends to do good to a slave, He prevents him from engrossment in his family. He said, Rahimullah, the requisite humility is to believe that everyone else is nobler than oneself. He said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, true repentance produces proximity to Allah Most High. He said, May Allah be, have mercy on him. When a man complained of the hardness of his heart, uh, uh, he was told by Al-Hasan al-Basri, attend the gatherings of, of Allah's remembrance. He said, Rahimahullah, I have met such saints whose dislike for even halal things exceed your dislike for haram things. This is, by the way, uh, a place which is the nexus of fiqh and aqidah and tasawwuf. Fiqh, why? Because you need to know what's halal and haram. Uh, uh, aqidah, why? Because you have to believe that what is halal is superior to that which is haram. So some people know certain things are haram, but they secretly like have the desire for them in their heart. Their aqidah is wrong because they think that that, 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 that good thing is uh, better than the bad thing. And it's a matter of tasawwuf. Why? Because there's a state that needs to be generated in that heart for that feeling to, uh, for that feeling to be there. So for example, maybe a person knows that, like an alcoholic knows that drinking is bad for them, but the heart can't give it up or the body can't give it up. Uh, but this is something that's a nexus of all the different parts of the deen. He said what? I have met certain saints whose dislike for even halal things exceeds your dislike for haram things. Now, someone might say, what's the benefit in disliking halal things? Uh, it's mentioned in the Kashrul Mahjub in a place that that wealth has three afat or calamities. One is that you should use halal wealth to buy haram things. Another is that you should use haram, halal wealth to buy haram things. So the first is, for example, someone uses their halal money to go and buy a bottle of wine. Well, billah, Allah ta'ala protect us. And the second is that you should use haram wealth to buy halal things. So for example, someone works in the bank or liquor store or robs, uh, robs people or whatever for a living. And then they go and buy their whatever, hand-slaughtered, uh, Hafsa certified uh, ch- chicken and meat and whatever. Um, but they're buying it from halal money. This is the second calamity of wealth. And he said the third calamity of wealth is someone uses halal money to buy halal things. And then those things serve as a barrier between them and the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the meaning of what? I have met such saints whose dislike for even halal things exceeded your dislike for haram things. 
He said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, the desire for this world blemishes a, a person of knowledge. Meaning the more knowledge you have, if it sharpens and focuses your love of this world, then this is a, 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 a blemish, it's a stain and it's a, 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 a humiliating a, a, a defect in a, in a person of knowledge. He said, Rahimullah Ta'ala, I swear by Allah, Allah disgraces a person who loves money. And this is also a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu The love of, uh, of the dunya is the wellspring of every mistake or every sin. He said, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, the world is a vehicle for you. If you drive it, it will deliver you to your destination. If it drives you, you will be destroyed. He said, may Allah have mercy on him. Abstain from being an enemy of Allah's obedient servant. Allah will never assign him to your control. If he is a sinner, refrain from being his enemy because he will see the consequences of his misdeeds with Allah. You don't need to be his enemy. If he's enemy of Allah, Allah will take care of him. He said, may Allah have mercy on him. A man who claims Allah's love but does not dislike sins is false in his claim of love. May Allah Ta'ala give all of us the ability to give up our sins and make repentance and walk the path of righteousness. Once he heard a man reciting the hadith, a man will be with the one who he loves. Sayyidina al-Hasan commented, Do not be deceived. The companionship will be acquired only if one practices such deeds as the person whose companionship he desires. Meaning, loving the Prophet ﷺ is not achieved by uh, buying a burda CD or putting on a sandal pin or uh, uh, you know uh, uh, you know attending the gatherings of a certain sheikh or taking a certain tariqah or uh, uh, getting a certain type of tasbih or saying that you're you know naqshbandi uh, or uh, dilbandi or ghetto bandi or whatever uh, group you want to be or this tariqah that tariqah all this stuff this is not what this is not what shows your love for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What is it? It's actually following. It's an ittiba. It's following his sunnah, uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If these things help you follow his sunnah, then there's a lot of good in them. There's a lot of khair in them. Uh, but if you take them in uh, as a as a replacement for following his sunnah, you're just making a fool out of yourself, and you're humiliating these names as well. When anyone would make riba, when anyone would uh, backbite him, Sayyidina al Hasan would send a gift of dates to that person with the message, "Your gift." Uh, of, of, of giving me your good deeds is vastly superior to my insignificant gift to you. His passing from this world. According to conflicting narrations, uh, Sayyidina al-Hasan al-Basri, may Allah Ta'ala be uh, pleased, pleased with him and have mercy on him, passed away during the reign of Hisham bin Abd al-Malik, the king of Banu Umayya, uh, the Khalifa of Banu Umayya, either on the 4th of Muharram or the 1st of Rajab in the year 110 of Hijra. Uh, at the year, at the age of 90 years old, he was buried in Basra. On the occasion of his passing away, a wonderful episode was enacted. During his final moments, he laughingly exclaimed, "Which sin? Which sin?" Thereafter, he died. In a dream, uh, uh, one of the elders uh, uh, asked Sayyidina Al Hasan uh, uh, the reason for his laughter and the meaning of his statement. At the t- uh, uh, he replied in the dream. At the time of death, I heard a saying, a voice saying, O angel of death, be harsh with him, there yet remains a sin on him. I was pleased to hear this and laughingly inquired about the sin. Meaning he knew that there was no sin that the angel of death could have taken, a task for, taken him to task for. The author of Sir Al-Aqtab has enumerated five of his uh, khulafa. Amongst them is the Shaykh Abdul Wahid bin Zaid, uh, which belongs to our Silsa, the, the Tariqah Chishtiyah. 
and and in the book he's uh, discussed next and the tariqa chishtiya khaja abdul wahid bin zaid is the uh, uh, the 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 Khalifa of Hassan al Basri that that the Chishti Silsila comes through, uh, but also Habib al Ajami uh, is the the Khalifa of Hassan al Basri through which the Tariqa of the the Qadiriya uh, and other Turuk uh, propagate. All of them were great awliya of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, um, and these people, by the way, these people are a Salaf al Salih. They are the Salaf. Uh, if a person uh, uh, doesn't love them, it's as if that person has an aqidah problem. These people were the, the, the inheritors of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ from the Sahaba anhum, And they were the ones who were the custodians of the deen and they dutifully passed it uh, forth to the uh, next generation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us some nasib of what they have. It's a great river. Uh, it's a great river that fl- flows and it started with Allah Ta'ala giving to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and through his mbitha, mubarakah, his being raised as a, a Nabi most blessed. And that river uh, kept flowing. If even, if even from the rapids of that river a drop uh, should spray on us, uh, we will have our entire dunya and akhirah made. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give from it through his generosity uh, to each and every one of us and uh, give us the tawfiq of repenting from our sins and walking the path of righteousness wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in